0: Hey, are you hiring? If you answered yes, let Zenteger Staffing help staff your IT people needs. Head over to com forward slash Zenteger Staffing to find out more. Zenteger Staffing, we can staff your IT people needs. Welcome to another edition of the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton, your source for all things Citrix.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of the Citrix Session podcast. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I've got with me uh, Bill Sutton, the director of... Uh, delivery services. Is Zintegra? Bill, how's it going? Can you believe this is episode 43 already?
0: No, it's hard to believe. Uh, these We've been, just been moving through these things. I'm doing fine this morning. Thank you. And
1: I'll use that as an opportunity to tell people, you know, part of the part of the goal here is for us to host these things and learn. And I was sharing this with a bunch of other people this morning and making sure they know that, you know, we. I, every time I do these, I learn stuff. I'm sure you do too, Bill. It's, it's just a great Way to challenge yourself and, and learn more. And the truth is, a lot of IT guys think they know it all, but none of
0: us know anywhere close to it all. I've learned a number of things from doing these podcasts, and I, I suspect that based on the topic of today's, uh, going to have an opportunity to learn a whole lot more. More. Yeah.
1: Well, that's uh, that's a good transition. So we have got Chris Doran with us. Um, Chris, we're going to be covering a. Well, Chris is our uh, networking practice leadership uh, leader, and um, a big part of Zintegra's networking practice is Citrix uh, networking, as it relates to Citrix uh, ADCs. Uh, we we'll call them NetScaler sometimes during this, I'm sure, uh, as well as Citrix SD WAN and a bunch of other stuff that makes up route, switch, and and app firewall and other things that make up a network uh, as part of someone's solution. Hey, Chris, how's it going?
2: Very good. Thanks for having me. Uh, today's uh,
1: blog that we're covering is called Manage to Complete SSL Certificate Lifecycle Using Citrix ADM. I am not the biggest fan of certificates. Um I've supported them in the past. I've implemented them. I can't tell you I truly, truly understand everything about them by any means. I guess I know more than a lot of people, but um am to cover this topic today on this blog. And and this was written by Asit, uh, Moha Mohapatra. I think that's how I'm pronouncing his name. And I can't remember if we reached out to him or not, but um, this was kind of short notice. And we want to get Chris on here. Who Chris, what you got? About eight, nine, 10 years of Citrix uh, ADC networking experience at this point?
2: But yes. About that. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, so
1: before we jump into this, let's talk about uh, last week. So I think there were some vulnerabilities announced on the Citrix ADC product, and that's that's nothing – bad, really. I mean, that's, I'd rather have a company that's announcing vulnerabilities and fixing them than pretending they don't exist. And for many, many years in IT, people just pretend they didn't exist and we just had to live with them. But now, you know, Citrix is very proactive about these things that, that are, you know, internet facing and living on the edge. And, um, so if you've got, um, Chris, you want to just cover real quick what was announced last week in terms of vulnerabilities and what people should do?
2: Yeah, so there were a couple of CVEs that were released, I think three total in this public uh, statement that they they came out with, with a couple of vulnerabilities that are addressed with firmware upgrades, and it, it applied to the 13.0 stack and 12.1 for the ADCs. Um, Uh, and some of the WAN op, SD-WAN appliances as well. So they came back and stated that it can be covered with the firmware upgrades. And what we've noticed through in practice is that running to the newest 13.0 can cause some issues with some of your LDAP authentication. So there's a, um, a circumventing Uh, post about how to change the global post for the vpn traffic policy and action that you would typically use at a pretty basic level for single sign-on it seems to have buggered it up a little bit so it's something that you're going to want to Keep in mind right now, when we're going down the path of upgrading those to um, to take care of the vulnerabilities that were addressed last week, it seems that the 12.0 stack, though, was not affected, so folks running 12.0 builds um, are okay right now. And if you notice in the portal, there is not a brand new release for the 12.0 stack, but you'll see um, for the 12.1 and 13.0, there are newer ones. Uh, we'll go into those cautiously, though.
1: You know, okay. And uh, would it be fair to say at this point that people running Citrix ADCs should probably have at least a once a month looksee to figure out if it's time to to patch something, as well as trying to keep their ear to the ground with alerts and things that you know, uh, Citrix and others
2: put out. Yeah, here? definitely, definitely. So, I mean, it, regardless if it's something that they're trying to catch up on and, and playing um, kind of reactive measures too, if You should have something in your environment, especially USDX shops, where you have the ability to provision instances and kind of step through some of these upgrades to see how they're going to handle um, with your users. Definitely an area where folks that have invested the time and efforts into their testing environments are going to come out a little bit ahead. Right. Okay.
1: Well, regarding this uh, this blog, help us understand um, what they're covering here in the first section in the intro.
2: So really what it comes back to, this is one of the two main reasons to use ADM regardless of your version. And that means that we all know that in order to enable HDX Insight ICA traffic, there's uh, different licensing models that you have to have applied to your ADCs in order to procure and, and um, audit and and hold that information for reporting purposes. Well, even if you're on a standard version of the ADC firmwares and that's your licensing model then you you you're entitled to and you have the perks of putting ADM into into your infrastructure not only to automatically back up your appliances but another perk that comes out of that is the SSL management yeah. so we can see that's what we're going to tackle today <laughs>
1: Well, a quick note, we did the normal IT guy thing, right? I started talking about ADCs and just assumed everybody knows what ADC is. Application delivery controller, Citrix application delivery controller in this case. And then um I mentioned it in the um in the title and you mentioned it just, just now uh Citrix um ADM, which is an application delivery management solution that uh Citrix has to manage your ADCs uh in, in orchestration. Um you wanna just do a quick blurb on
2: what an ADM is? So the application delivery manager is a virtual appliance that lives either in your host inside of your infrastructure or it's a subscription version in Citrix Cloud that can you can go either way with it. Um, The on-prem one had traditionally been um, uh, a rolling kind of technology that snowballed to incorporate multiple different standalone products into one now. So we used to have the control center, command center, um, HDX Insight, and then that kind of when when they collapsed all those into one virtual appliance, we started to see the HDX Insight become the leader, then MAS for um, management and analytical system, and then they renamed it to the application delivery manager, which is where we're at now. Okay, great.
1: So in the blog, they actually have a section here still in the introduction where it kind of highlights what you manage from an SSL certificate perspective. I'm just going to read through this. Number one, create of um, SCR, certificate requests, and SSL certificate, installation of the certificates, monitoring the SSL certificates, and SSL negotiation transactions. Sounds like a lot of fun, but definitely something that is part of all this. Um, Notification about expiring certs. You know, I've never had a cert expire on me. <laughs> okay. You're lucky then.
2: And, I know, you know I was kidding. <laughs> that, that that is an that is an old crap moment when that happens, yeah. right? Usually over a holiday or like a Saturday night when it happens to folks.
1: Amazing. I don't know how that happens, but uh, updating expired certificates and deletion of unused certificates. There's nothing like going and looking at someone's Netscaler and seeing certificates from way back when that have nothing to do with anything these days, still sitting out there causing security. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. So let's break these down. Creation of a CSR, Certificate uh, Service Request. Am I saying that right? And SSL Certificate signing request signing request there you go
2: yep so we can tackle that all on the adm now so that that uh key pairs uh, stuck there and then we can distribute it from the adm after that's completed and all bound together
0: being csr's for the windows boxes and and stuff like that not
2: from the windows side so that's kind of where folks will say you, you got that balance of, well, am I, am I only really handling the um, certificates for the Netscalers or if I have like a wild card, per se, and you're going to have to put them on to the, um, the IIS servers for storefront and say you're in an environment that only has like two of them. You know, sometimes it's a little easier to just procure that from the uh, IIS side versus the ADM. But when you do it with the ADM, you're kind of preloading it in there so that it's aware of it and it doesn't have to pull back to the ADCs to find that. Cool.
1: Hey, I've got a question for you guys, and it's going to be along this topic of what you guys were just talking about, IIS certs and Windows certs versus these uh, Unix, Linux-based certs. Um, for a while now, and this is going to show my ignorance, but you've been able to use uh, a GUI, uh, OpenSSL type of GUI on the mm-hmm. next- convert from one format to another right
2: yeah that's correct so you you have the ability to have like on my laptop that i take into the field i have a standalone open ssl so i can do those conversions as needed and convert your uh, pfx Formats into PEM formats or DER formats, and then take that into the NetScaler, and that really that's really helpful, especially with our customers that have had older versions like uh, the CAGs, you know, where they they might not necessarily have the ability to convert those, or the certificates become newer to the point where the uh, OpenSSL can't handle it. So you can do it at the NetScaler, or you can also install that on a standalone box and take care of that yourself. But the newer versions, as we push through about midway through what we're at with 13.0 in the later versions of 12.1, you do now have the ability to just straight install the PFX version of the certificates as well. And I'll tell you, the only real gotcha you have at that point is if you are to ingest that PFX version into your Netscaler and you had to roll back to an older version that didn't support it, then it it will not become active on the Netscaler at that point. So that's something just to keep in mind if you're going to go down the path of not converting it or downloading it directly for like an Apache web service version from your public CA Um, there, there's a little bit of just to be aware of that, that that's only based on some of the newer versions of the ADC firmware. That'll be able to tackle that for you. Okay, good.
1: All right, I think this is going to be a lot of, uh, you know, yes, that and yes, checkbox type stuff. But let's go through all these. So, installation of the certificates, again, sounds like that's something that's uh, ADM doable these days? Yes.
2: So, yeah, the ADM, I mean, it's not a whole lot different than if you were to push like a rolling upgrade of firmware through all of your ADCs, that the certificate management will do that as well.
1: So this next section, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the idea of monitoring the SSL interactions and negotiations. That, uh, that seemed like a very valuable piece of information people would want in um, an ADM being able to provide that rolling up through the NetScalers or ADCs.
2: Yeah, this can really help with determining like uh, what kind of folks are connecting from the client side. If they're using older receiver versions that might not be able to handle some of the newer ciphers and key strengths, we can see who's leading the pack in that regard. So where you're going to focus tackling to become um, as secure as you possibly can be for delivering that remote access.
1: Yeah, that, that seems like something you'd want to take a look, look at every month and just get a get an idea of who needs to be upgrading their endpoints, um, who's you know, weakening your security posture.
2: Yeah, definitely. But it also comes into the upgrade where, especially now that we're in that work from home kind of kind of situation, and a lot of folks are not using uh, corporate managed or uh, owned appliances and laptops and desktops to connect to their their work infrastructure so they're kind of unmanageable and we need to see what they're connecting with so i I currently have a project where we have this come up right now just this morning and it's like well am i going to strand all my or leave all my uh, clients stranded if we do push through this upgrade and it's like well you possibly could to circumvent that we might use the current default list that they had applied and make a custom cipher group out of that default list that's on that current version that they are running just so we can take that into the newer versions of the adc firmware that's great
1: okay uh next section here inventory of expiring and expired ssl certs probably pretty pretty straightforward but what do we cover here
2: yeah, that definitely can help us with the um, with just the cleanup of it. Uh, a lot of times anymore for the past couple of years, I like to rename the certificates or use a friendly name that kind of addresses the year, at least that we're putting them in, into play, into practice. But regardless, there's if they've been running ADC for any given amount of time, there's going to be some in there that are old and abandoned that need to be cleaned up and deleted. So this uh, section of kind of kinda helping us see what's not needed any longer really helps kind of clean things up they don't take up a lot of space on the on the abcs by any means so it's not like it's bloating your storage but um, as you're scrolling through those pages and trying to decipher on what's active and what's not you know it's always going to be recommended that you you take some kind of effort to scroll through them and clean up. You can always right-click the virtual servers at the ADCs, too, and, and, or the certificates and see what they're bound to, and that'll give you kind of a direction as well. So two ways of kind of taking a look at that.
0: Chris? Yes. Does this remove the files from the actual certificate files for expired certificates from the appliances, the The ADCs themselves
2: that's a good question so do they sit out there after they're kind of deleted because as we know like when you install a a certificate it might have been sitting on the Nutscaler anyway but it's not technically active to install it unless you take that extra effort for deleting that flat file but yeah you can delete them from the ADM
0: okay perfect
2: as we see there, there's also some uh, uh, notifications that we can have prompted for us. So there's integration now with uh, Slack, uh, email, SMS, ServiceNow, and PagerDuty. So you can be alerted inside of your, uh, there's a couple here that you, know, that you probably have up in front of your face on one of your uh, monitors at any given time throughout the day, and it, it can notify you. So there's a little bit of help there.
1: Oh, Chris, are you telling me that my old school way of naming the, the certificate with the year and the date in it, that's not good enough across the board? I'm
2: I'm joking. It very much helps though.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's nice to see. But the minute somebody comes behind you and has maybe a, a good naming convention, just different format all of a sudden, you know. Well, what, what good is it? So I, I get it. You need to. It's like uh, it's like script management or code management tools. Just saving each file with a unique name is probably not the best way to to edit your code. Concept.
2: No, but it, you know it comes back to SSL certificates and knowing what you're looking at. It's the same with the license files as well. So very helpful to just take that extra five seconds to rename those files before you upload them and bind them into yeah. the appliances.
1: All right. So, the next section here uh, is titled "Ensuring Compliance to Enterprise Policy." What's this covering?
2: So, we're looking at the uh, recommended key strengths, the signature algorithms. Uh, your how, how trusted is that CA and the protocols that are in use there? So, these are big components of trying to tackle and achieve that A plus rating that a lot of folks are getting into, applying extra security into their environment. Um, we want to see what's being used. So we're kind of in a dashboard here where we're red, yellow, green on what our strengths are. And we want to try to push as close as we can to green so that we can achieve those higher security recommendations and requirements that folks have anymore. And this can help us see inside of that and gain some insight for how we're going to tackle that. All right.
1: I mean, this is all about having a holistic view as well as the ability to act upon what needs to be done, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. Uh, updating SSL certs. Yeah. So we can definitely use uh task and uh, we build off a of templates to push the SSL certificates to the different appliances. So you can either update or push new. So you have some options there on distributing these into your environment and not a problem at all for anything that's low balanced um, gateway based or just straight virtual server low balancers content switching GSLB we can bind those and update the certificates that are present on those vips from the ADM
1: okay. And then I think we talked about this several times already, but deleting unused certificates, I think there's the outstanding question, you know, what happens to the actual certificate files, but as far as them being in the the, the, the management system of the ADCs, that for sure can be done from here, right? Yes.
2: Now. Get them out of there. <laughs> Get them out of there where they
1: can't be used. All right. And then, Chris, uh, as far as getting started and taking advantage, I should have said this earlier, we were talking about the firmware upgrades. Obviously, something that uh, Zintegra can help with. But as far as uh, people getting into this and using it to manage their certificates, what what can they do?
2: Well, they can access Citrix.com, jump right into the download section. You have the ability to download a virtual appliance for your favorite hypervisor version, and you simply deploy it with, the console access and you're asked a, a couple questions and as you step through it you give it the ip address dns name uh, dns servers you know some of that basic set up. Uh, You'll want to come back into it and there's a uh, a Perl script you need to run quite after it to determine and tell the ADM the version or the method that it's going to be deployed. So you want to stand alone by itself or you you have some of those options too if you're using the ADM agent. But then after that second reboot then it's kind of finalized and then you can access it through the GUI and take control of it from that point.
1: Now, I have to assume that people who have been managing net scalers and ADCs for a long time, when they finally get into the ADM world, it's, it's got to be enlightening for them, especially based on where the thing's at now.
2: Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. So it, it definitely, you know, we we put it in for a couple of years and uh, different customers of, of Zintegra's. And, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily see it take off right off the bat. You know, it might have been a year before I came back around and saw folks actually utilizing it for troubleshooting and kind of shifting their efforts that they would take from first level calls coming into the environment whereas you traditionally had turned around and ran back into your citrix farm or site looking for trouble like what what terminal server are they on you know and trying to see the perfmon counts and looking for event viewer marks well anymore you could you know circumvent some of that that effort that you're putting into troubleshooting and shift it back to well how's the client connecting you know because now we're where We have so much more of our workforce anymore re- working remotely and coming in over the public internet that we could use that as the first stop and, and kind of see how they're connecting or they having problems logging in just to the gateway or they got some crazy round trip time that's hindering the performance of uh, their Citrix session when they're in there. So it, it definitely is super helpful from the troubleshooting, especially at the level one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that
1: holistic view's got to be great and you know ideally if you're doing adc right you got them in the cloud you got them at the edge you got them in multiple data centers and it's protecting you everywhere you can But at the same time if you can't you can't see it and manage it from one central place you've just maybe maybe created your own own problem
2: yeah very much so very possible to create your own problem um it's also neat they, if you already have this in place or you're, you're going to go down that route, it also readies you for the, what's coming with the discussions with Citrix on using the pool capacity for your ADCs. So the ADM becomes that the licensing server that your ADCs will reach back to regardless if it's CPX, BLX, uh, SDX. They're going to check into that ADM. So kind of you're knocking out a lot of birds with one stone here by deploying this into your environment.
1: Yeah, the people listening to the podcast can't see this, but this is my opportunity to uh, use my favorite G.I. Joe, knowing it's half the battle line. <laughs> All right, well, Chris, thanks for joining and uh, going through this. Bill, any thoughts, questions,
0: comments? No, it's just good stuff.
1: Chris, anything you want to let us know before you before we wrap up here?
2: Um. I mean, again, regardless of your version, you want to go ahead and start dabbling in the ADM and download that and deploy it into your environment. You will want to create a uh, profile as you start adding your 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 instances or your appliances um, with a secure username and password so it can log into the ADCs and and try to uh, inventory and do some discovery of those ADCs, and then it'll start populating stuff. Uh, Don't get discouraged or upset if you're deploying it in a lab and you only have like one or two users and you're not generating a whole lot of traffic. It's not uncommon to see that take a little while for little bits and pieces to show up versus if you were to deploy it in an environment that has like maybe 200 plus sessions running on it while you're deploying it you're gonna almost instantly start seeing a lot of traffic so don't get again don't get discouraged if it's kind of a small shop or a lab environment that you're you're kicking the tires on this end um, in order to actually have data to scroll through and see a lot of those perks you, you need some some traffic to actually be present in there
1: yeah and, and you know it used to be ADM was for people that had more than a handful and now it's for anybody who has one it just it has yep. some benefits um then you wouldn't get just running one one adc one that scaler exactly all right gentlemen well thanks for joining us another good session and uh, we'll do it again next week
2: all right thank you gentlemen yes. we will talk to you soon
0: Thank you for listening to The Citrix Session with your host, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton. A special thanks to our guest for attending today's podcast, podcast produced by Pete Downing. For any input, or if you'd like to be a part of our podcast, please email us at infozentegra.com. Please head over to zentegra.com forward slash podcast to listen to all podcasts in this series. This podcast is copyrighted by Zentegra LLC.